0: It's the Sod Pod Brought to you by Grassland Agro The Sod Pod Hello, hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Sod Pod In the last episode we covered Pika And we had Bernard Furlong on with us on that one Really good listen in this episode, we're going to have a chat about biodiversity. Biodiversity is very important underground, of course, but over the ground is also quite important as well. Davey, just before I call you in, congratulations, you are officially Dr. David Corbett now.
1: Man, Dave, fair play to you. Thanks, James, yeah. And James and Sean, thanks for all your help as well. Throughout the process, it was greatly appreciated.
2: You're more than welcome, Dr. Foss. I wrote that. That's two PhDs I have. <laughs> <I'm> taken do <Canada. laughs>
1: I know, thanks. John, John helped me write the uh, acknowledgements.
3: I suppose we better have to. We better give you a shout out as well, there, James. You had a big landmark there over the weekend. The big 4-0. Uh. he
2: he hit the midlife crisis hard on Friday as well. Fierce we, hard. We won't talk about the internal struggles of our own department here, but um, t- it's stressful.
0: How you James? Oh, thanks very much. Is had a great time? You were fresh Monday, Jim. I was fierce fresh Monday now. I was shook enough on Tuesday. It kind of got a delayed reaction to it. Went out there on Saturday. and no our family, dude, wife, done a great job. Organised all beefs and salads, buns and cake.
2: Surprised, Jim, wasn't it?
0: A, a surprise <laughs> that I was well aware of. And uh, we drank a few pints watching the FA Cup final. Great win for Liverpool. And then we, we tipped on down to the local pub. As I say, I'm living in Lister Lynn now, down to Paddy Rhines, and we had a right old hoolie below. Good gang of tip lads. It was a bit tense early on with Sleeve Naman being sang, but she got going lovely. Did Sheedy go? Sheedy was tied up. He couldn't make it. <laughs> oh, more <laughs> mess. Are oh, you actually related to him, Jim? i never even heard of him.
2: <laughs> can we see the family tree? Oh, hold on you know? Back
0: to Sheedy. Where was Sheedy? Sheedy was tied up in a football match. How, would that oh, yeah. uh, match how that did that go? What match was that? How did that go, Charlie?
3: just <laughs> Monaghan didn't really perform in the day and that's really it Do you know I'm it's not kind of an issue for Monaghan on going to kind of come and come but go backwards again not, not pointing fingers at anyone we're not going to but um Johnny, you're a fairly strong midfielder yourself, playing with Tom Ga. Eh? I don't know, James. Um You got a junior all-star
2: last year, a club all-star, yeah. isn't that correct? I did
3: all-star. There's no need, need to mention the junior. It sounds better if you just mention all-star. <laughs> so there was
2: a league group of uh, 44 other
3: adult,
0: <laughs>
2: adult footballers in. <laughs> and uh, James
1: Tipper. Back in the running, possibly.
0: Back in the running, we have a chance. We have a chance. Obviously, we're dependent on Clare, who are already in the Munster final, taking on Waterford. Will Clare rest a few players? Obviously, most people in Clare would absolutely love Tipperary, so I'm sure the people of Clare are demanding the full Clare outfit to help Tipperary make it through. I think
2: after he robbed us in the minor, that was absolutely scandalous. You would have seen it there last week. Penalty shootout. Penalty shootout. Like, Listen, I mean, we probably didn't help ourselves on the line that we when they got the man sent off that we we didn't push up but um, yeah the Clare game of the weekend Dave, you, you Pac Carver was inside you weren't oh, I was there
1: right John yeah I was uh, I was in the North Terrace uh, where did you get
2: I'm yeah. out of there jeepers you said you'd keep an eye out for me but anyways <laughs> I must have 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 <laughs> forgot that one but well, great performance by Clare I think listen no one's giving him a chance still they're all talking it down so a good position to be in a lot of Good lads come in, Shea Mean got a half there. I think he's gonna really push on from that. Rogers to come back in. Yeah, Munster Final be interesting and then it's a shootout then between the weaker counties. <laughs> <laughs> tip at the bottom of the barrel still. Yeah, which will tipper back in it. I know, know they're back in. Yeah. Like. So I'd say listen, to be honest, and this are so the two is moving pairs, though. Controversial opinion, but like going forward and looking forward after the finally Final first see tip around like, you know, because Cork under day could beat anyone. You know, as they show in in Waterford. And in Waterford, like surely <laughs> surely have to improve, like. You know, they're not as bad as they were there the last day. So I say Cahill is absolutely ripping with them. Live Livid.
3: John, we we've spoke here for five minutes and you have yet to mention Tony Kelly. How did he play? I didn't see the game he said. Yeah, well sure listen, No, no need, Johnny. <laughs> there's no No need. need.
2: There's there's been people equating him to God and you know. <laughs> it's a fact like <laughs> you know I see Honan had a godlike status or god mode or something like that you know but he was he was phenomenal now in
0: fairness yeah look if he was from a strong hurling county he'd probably be talked <laughs> of with the heights of the Noel McGrath's the Henry Shefflin's I
2: like Noel McGrath now I think he's yeah. for a tip man I think he's great man great, great pair of hands but fierce genuine as well like you know it seems like a good character I don't know him now we know he's causing aid and well, good good hurler right. as well but yeah but Tony was sensational like do you know, I think like listen, I was thinking about it like even if Limerick give us a hiding in the monster final, they can't take Tony Kelly off As anyways, like do you know, so <laughs> like a lot of them coming out there last they would have said, you know, that probably he is a better harder than Keen Lynch, you know, who'd be up there with possibly one of the Degrees, like so. But
1: well, come here, back to what sensation. we're actually talking about. Exactly, it's back yeah. to Clare
2: again, like. <laughs> <It's> you <actually laughs> <very,
1: laughs> like, yeah. no,
3: the
2: say. diversity, like Clare, you know, yeah, it just stands the reason. Yeah, probably straight away you're thinking about the burn now, Dave, as well, which is yeah. actually not a hurling stronghold. As both no, would say, no, more football country. More football country, yeah. But the home of the like, Foundation like, like the, like the, like the Clare team, very What's diverse. The Cusick, Clare. What? Do you know above the burn the Cusick Centre, Monte Cusick Centre, yeah. Yeah, about the uh, home of hurling?
1: Yeah, beautiful spot. Yeah, I know it is. Lovely spot now, yeah. Uh, well worth a tour, now. Well worth a tour, yeah. And not not too far from Currafin, it is. Team building so. event. We'll bring them all down. Call in <laughs> the
2: Bofy Queens or Reigns or something there and spin your fortune. Yeah. On the way up to the current. But it is a serious thing, I suppose. We better talk about biodiversity, and I suppose
0: it is a probably a tough subject. and But should we go back there for one minute because we're doing a lot of hurling Just talk, tone, and obviously Sean is a bit looking sad there because he likes to be it. Do you want to say anything about Monaghan? Derry are looking good, let's be honest about it. Derry have took two scalps now
3: yeah I suppose look at this team has probably been the, the Derry team have probably been coming a long time yeah um, Dad
2: thinks he's on Sky Sports he?
3: <laughs> no but this like isn't, uh, this isn't
2: the Sunday game like you can say what you thinks. think
3: like. yeah but like no you have to take their, your hats off like you know they, they outperformed us uh, in nearly every position of the pitch uh, we didn't deserve to win and to be honest, look, at I don't know what the, the odds is for the final, but I can see them putting it up to Donegal and I can see them beating Donegal. And listen, who knows, to have momentum there now and all, all you need to do is just hit good performances and, and at the right period of time and God knows where you'll end up. Like you know?
0: The um, really passionate defensive structure of Derry, again, both yourselves and Tyrone, is superb. Their movement is insane. The organisation is second, insane. No,
2: the bigger question is, what, what's Sheedy actually doing with Monaghan? Like, like, why do we have you here at the Insider what, what What's he doing? Is it psychological stuff, Jim, or what's the crack?
0: How to build effective teams, how to man-manage, how to motivate. You're talking about a guy that has a huge coloured honours on county sport and, and probably his greatest achievement of all time. When we ignore, obviously, he won the minor All-Ireland with Tipperary. He won the Intermediate All-Ireland with Tipperary and, of course, two senior All-Irelands in two different sittings. So, you know, real high pedigree in the county of Tipperary. And his greatest achievement of all time was when he was selector under his brother John Sheedy in 2012 and Portrow lifted their first ever North title. Oh. A week that'll never be forgotten.
3: I've actually never met him, but I've seen a video of him on YouTube there over the weekend talking to a team and he's an oh, unbelievable speaker. Wizard. Like- yeah.
2: we've we'll gone to the biodiversity I suppose sure and I, I know probably when they see the title of this particular podcast is going to be tough to draw lads in but it is very very important I suppose and and, and going back to Claire again Jim you cut us <laughs> off in the past but it is a prime example of biodiversity is actually in the burn and it uh, was a symbiotic relationship between agriculture and biodiversity and and the influence that one has on the other like so just to give a bit of context so myself and and dave dave is from just outside the burn probably at the the mouth of the burn and the gateway to the burn john is what is actually known
1: as and if you, and if you go back to our first podcast i actually made reference to that
2: yeah i'm sure people will be rushing to back <laughs> now they have to listen to it but i suppose my grandmother is from the middle of the burn there right across from father ted's house as well but i suppose going back through the history of it there's a lot of commonage, obviously, and crag, which is just sheer rock, limestone, karst area, very unique part of, of Europe, actually, in the world. Um, and going back maybe 30, 40 years ago, they actually banned all farming from an environmental standpoint, but that had a huge negative knock-on consequences on the biodiversity in the area. Because what effectively happened, you had these... Scrubs just took over. The hazel, yeah. yeah. So it's an invasive species, but whereas previously the the upland grazing and the, the winterage would have helped to control that as well. Yeah, and that was just a common practice. You know, there was
1: goats, I suppose, cows. Historically, would have been grazing it. And, and when they cut that out to try and either rejuvenate it or protect the species that were in the burn, as you said, John, just took over. So that was the issue back then. So yeah, at the moment, I suppose it's commonage. So a group of farmers would own a particular hill or an area of land, and, and they would have access to that over the, over the winter periods for, for grazing. And also, wild goats all over the burn. All yeah. over and and we and I I see myself we actually I know you make reference now but I make reference to myself uh, we we do with a contractor at home <laughs>
0: <laughs> another plug oh, that carbon sons
1: I <laughs> <But>, um, <laughs> I
0: know
1: but seriously though uh, like we do a bit of, we spread with really slowly in the burn around the burn and um, in the springtime particularly you see the goats down in the lowland crazy absolutely crazy it could be three four hundred goats in a group down grazing but it's gaslight you know if you, if they see you yeah. at all they're
2: gone. I remember we were chatting to John Martin one day, who's well known from that Burn Life program. Mm, he was yeah, in, yeah. No one ever got any luck from hunting the goats as well, like the wild goats. So um, we had a few in around Ennis as well. Do you remember that? That's though? right, there, uh, yeah. yeah. Back in, that was probably
1: 18,
3: Lewis, was it? Or yeah.
2: 17, 18, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We shipped them off up the load, up around Europe, country. But <laughs> you're Martin.
3: talking about history there, right? So I think reps came in in 1994. And I suppose since then, the average farm size has increased, cow numbers have increased, stock numbers have increased. Is it fair to say that biodiversity on farms has reduced since then? Or, mm. like, do you know, I suppose there's a renewed interest in it now because the whole sustainability message is so, so important now at the minute. But what, what very, is... a
2: very specific area, specific, like...
1: like the Midlands and, and probably the East Coast probably have most hedgerows. I think Kevin Monaghan have the most in the country. Hedgers. There's a lot, but I don't know. If so. And 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 you'd imagine the west, the west of Ireland would have a, a lot of hedgerows but it's not like cause because of the burn and, and, and areas like that, Connemara of That's just a lot of open flat space. But look, other other kinds of yeah diversity I suppose
2: like I suppose going back before we move on from the burn um, one of the, the key things was the, the relationship between agriculture and actually um, biodiverse that winter management was fantastic for ag- for the actual livestock so uh, the Brutons who would be a, a Fianna fall or a Fianna Gael I'm Bruton and politics Jim John Bruton and Co Fianna Gael Fine Gale, yeah, fine Gale, <laughs> blue shirts, is that them? That's the leads. Yeah. yeah, but they would have bought um, a huge amount of the commonage because they were big cattle dealers and cattle finishers. So they would have bought a lot of actual winterage in the barn and they used to drive cattle down from Mead, they'd outwinter them there, and then when they went back to good grass and then they get compensatory growth. And this is probably something, you know, you see research from Grange over the last 10 years on compensatory growth. It goes back to the old traditional values and traditional farming practices you know that we had and listen the cattle probably you see even if you drive around the barn anyone on their holidays you'd see probably more continental cattle but previously it was more traditional breeds kind of black and blue cattle is what they used to call them but that was really important for actually clearing off the scrub on the upland areas on the winterage on the crag so that we could get this flora and fauna to flourish mm. um, and but even uh, this even going to the flora and
1: fauna john like the species in the burn crazy like you know species that are coming from antarctica yeah. and all that crack that are being held in the burn and the other one is actually it's, it's actually a nice figure i know i remember this from um from back in school was uh there's like 33 species of butterfly or something in ireland and uh 26 of them i think are in the burn it can be found in the burn but like a, a, a lot of them in danger but
2: that's that's a little little one there now
0: for you jim I like that one, yeah. yeah.
2: I suppose it's well worth people going not see it. Do like, you know, to be fair, for Claire Tourism and <laughs> no, let's,
0: from the Clare loving that we're currently going through we might just step out into biodiversity in general obviously so we, we, we're talking about, we, sure. we, we be, yeah, no, but we love Claire as just a continuing team yeah, we'll you know? but
3: I suppose to paint the picture for the listeners the reason why we're talking about biodiversity is number one on our sustainability program there's a biodiversity aspect to that yeah. and I suppose in all the episodes nearly that have been out so far we've talked about the importance of the soil the biodiversity underneath the soil but actually there is a huge importance to the biodiversity above it. And we're in a very privileged position and so is our ATCs going out and visiting farms and talking to farms and seeing what farmers are doing. And a lot of farmers are... Trying their best to improve, I suppose, maintain what biodiversity that they have and improve it. And there's different ways that that can be done, which we'll, we'll we'll talk about now in the next in the next couple of minutes. But I suppose first of all to start off, John, biodiversity on farms. If you're going out to a farm, what are you looking for? Or what what do you means that uh, a farm has a good biodiversity score, or whatever?
2: Yeah, sure. It's a great question, Sean, because it is something that's come more into the consciousness. And listen, we discussed the grass 10 previously, and it's it's a has a big bearing on the actual scorecard for anyone who's going to uh, enter this year. Like, And listen, a lot of it is doing simple things like, you know, not cutting the hedges in outside of the the close period and stuff like that. That's really important. The hedgerow management. So like, there's a couple of different options you can you can take into account. Like some lads absolutely butcher them. Like give Peck Carver a rub again there. <laughs> he does he does be fairly hard on them now. Like getting getting value from. That's why he gets so much work. <laughs> that's why he get yeah. so much work he'd, he'd push him well back
1: but but that's right. actually the, the legislation is going to change around that for for irrigation farmers that you,
3: you have to do like a three year cycle with cutting yeah. yeah. hedges so yeah. it's an option it's either that or you have a, a native tree every 300 metres ok
2: yeah there's different policies you can use you can cut a third of the, a two, the two, the two year, sides in the top yeah, or so. else you can do a third of the hedge like. so listen or do, do all of it every three years yeah so yeah. like but even managing the, you don't know, You don't want real butty square hedges you want to leave a bit of a a, a dome farm which is very important for biodiversity but just to, on the hedgerows as well before we move on any further suppose we we were down in Palace there a couple of weeks ago and like Derek in fairness is probably five years ahead of most things on on yeah, on, on farm. Yeah. yeah we're chatting about it about biodiversity and bits and pieces like that you know it's a, a big dairy herd but they're very conscious of it you know, and there's the two don't always go hand in hand, like biodiversity and large dairy, you know, the the kind of connotations about in the media about dirty dairy. And we've seen that a lot there with the Glambia plant and, you know, X, Y and Z. But he actually got a biodiversity um, analysis done on the farm, an in-depth analysis. And one of the things that he talked about that they actually were trying to improve on is providing biodiversity corridors, you know. So instead of having a big open space, maybe in the middle of the farm where there's a lot of paddocks is that. You know, you have these corridors that wildlife can move from, you know, across the countryside, which is very interesting, I thought. like, So there's not any major gap between one hedgerow and the...
1: And and it's tiny and lovely too, John, with with the carbon side of things. And we won't go into too much detail on the carbon, but like if you have good... Biodiversity on a farm, good hedgerows, you are going to have better sequestration and stuff like that. I know um, Lily No Sullivan and David Wall are doing a bit of work in Johnstone Castle where they're actually destructively sampling trees and hedgerows and trying to get an idea of di- across different species and how much above ground and below ground biomass there is and trying to gauge how much they're sequestering every year. But just the quality has, has a direct impact on the amount of carbon that can be sequestered. Just on the,
3: like, I suppose you see on social media some farmers that are Doing putting in the ponds as you said or designating a couple of acres on some um, portion of the farm, I've seen it myself a couple of farmers in Cavan Monaghan are planting say a, maybe a forest paddock uh, or or that away from the milking platform that's maybe, they're not utilising it as much as, as they should be, they're putting in wild board cover or I've seen you know what often you'd see on traditional farms, you'd see a small garden or a meadow, I've seen a few farmers planting apple trees or planting a, mini orchard some of the farmers that I was dealing with in northern ireland you know you'd you'd go to the yard and you'd come home with a couple of jars of honey bees very important for for pollinating apple trees tillage crops etc but so, some simple things like say for some farmers putting in spore roadways just planting a hedge one side of one side of a, a newly established roadway you see sometimes if there's been a development in a farmyard uh, where there's been a bit of excavation work done or whatever, just planting a bank with some wildflowers or something like that, some s- simple things, field margins, the corners of fields, just fencing it off, not putting any artificial fertilizer on it, not putting any sprays on it and just letting the wildlife flourish in it.
1: And it's a key point too, Sean, is that like look, we talk about quality and that's only a part of it and diverse hedges and trees and that is, is another uh, major part of it because... I suppose you need trees that I suppose for nesting and all that for birds and whatever and then the other one is is ones that flower I suppose for pollination and pollinators and that like you talked about apple trees Certain crops, I suppose, need to be pollinated. You know, so and that that is key as well. And they're and they're bringing different species then of, of wildlife. And John was on about flora and fauna and that there as well. So you're 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 bringing different species of birds, insects, and and wildlife and and everything. I
3: think one of the one of the recommendations on the I seen on the Chagos website was that you don't want your ditch to be any lower than 1.5 meters, and that's very important because sometimes you might see a nice tidy tidy hedge or the contract was happening but it's lower than a meter and really it's it's doing nothing for wildlife life. Not, not boards can't nest foxes can get out the nest and that so it's just being being aware of some of the key requirements that you know you think you're you're doing a good job but uh, you might be doing more harm than good
0: and on that, Shawnee, like Chuggers have some great articles online there. And they're all worth a look. You know, the value of hedge grows written and stuff like that. They're really worth an hour nosy as well to pick up a few ideas. Because, like I'd always come back to this, farming comes into a bit of stick every now and again. But the simple fact is, without farming, we have none of this. It is these hedge grows. This is where the hedgehogs are. This is where the rabbits and the hares are. We've got the birds and the bees. We've got that whole diverse nature that is that image of Ireland, that green, clean image, rural Ireland. And that's where this is happening. And and this isn't in the cities. And we always have to, maybe he's off on our farm in our rural community because it is so powerful for all of this.
3: But I, I, there's nothing better than, especially this time of the year, waking up early on a Saturday morning, say, heading over to the farm, you can hear the, the board singing on the way.
0: It was or, like when I was coming home from the 40 at Saturday <laughs> night or Sunday morning, I could hear them singing as well.
3: Majestic yeah it's
2: great like, but you're right Jim farmers are the source of the land and, and they're absolutely vital in the, the whole thing and you know you, you, you would feel it like come back even from the countryside from a city like the quality of the air and everything is and it's what we're built upon
1: in Ireland, like, you know, our produce, like, it's a green image, it's not just yeah. grass, it's, you know, the whole, the tree lines, the hedgerows, the just the diversity across the countryside. But like, the, like I know within Grass and Agua, we're, look, we have done a bit of work on our few monitor farms with all the co-ops last year on, on mapping hedgerows, but every day we go into farm, we're, we're talking about diversity in, in the soil and talking about yeah. soil biology, and that's another major component of, of biodiversity on farm.
2: Yeah, like two thirds of all biodiversity is in the soil. Unbelievable. You know? So it's it's really important. Like, and we I suppose the, the, the things about biodiversity we we all associate them with the old hedgerows and you know the field margins and bits of willow maybe around the farmyard or whatever just to soak up any excess nutrients. But the bulk of that is going to be in the soil, and that that's the key to actually you know reduce our dependent dependence on chemical nitrogen imported from onto the farm. And yeah. there's a huge amount of I suppose this and it's not the conventional, and it's not maybe i suppose some people find it you know it, it doesn't look great because as you say often the messier it looks the better it is for biodiversity you know the hedges or whatever but very important and i think we are very good at it and we should be proud of it and we can improve like it's like the same thing it's like the grass-based production model we're, we're good at it we can improve it's like our sustainability emissions farm gate or the biodiversity all these things uh interact with each other and we we can improve in it and we will and Probably something we'll come back to again another time, Jim.
0: No, that's great, lads. I think we'll wrap her up there. That was huge. Look, this could go on for hours in fairness. like It's such a, a big story and there's so much going on. And as John just said there, the hedges and the likes is, is the big visual. But he also made a great statement there. Two-thirds of all the biodiversity is in the soil. And that's what the farmers manage and doing great work on that as well. Hedge grows are the biodiversity corridors for the wildlife. And that's great. If you can, if you can in certain scenarios, make, make some more bridgeways and, and, and connectors that they can move that bit more freer around. And we have the privileged position of being on so many farms each day. We get to see this every day and see the really great work that the farmers are doing. Mind yourself out there, farm smart, farm safe. Hey, thanks for listening to the Sod Pod. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more, head over to www.grasslandagro.ie or check out our social channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. That's all for this episode. See you next time.